Welcome everybody, this is Afro Leeds the podcast. Um, Afro Leeds, as you may know, consists of two sisters, Julie and Steph. We are on a mission to promote UK black business and culture. Uh, at present, we have an Instagram platform which consists of daily posts about black business, groups, communities, celebrities, music and so much more. So allow me to introduce the wonderfully talented Nick Nat DJ, also known as Nicole Raymond, DJ, turntablist and qualified sound engineer. Nicole studied for her degree in music technology and innovation at De Montfort University in Leicester and went on to study a master's in electronic and computer music at Leeds Uni. This woman is qualified. Amen. She's <laughs> <laughs> at gigs and residences across Europe and is presented regularly on BBC Radio Leeds. Her weekly culture show brought performers and artists to her audience and reflected the culture and trends in West Yorkshire. We love her vibe and energy and that she is a passionate advocate for equality and representation in the music industry and beyond. We love your to- your content, thoughts and shares on Insta. Really powerful and absolutely necessary. So welcome. Thank you so much. Oh. Oh, you're welcome. We're big fans, big fans. <laughs> How are you and how is lockdown treating you? Uh, uh, lockdown is weird. Um, yeah, man. Preach. <laughs> all new levels of weird. Um, my mental health has been up and down. Um, just yeah. like the cancellations of work and gigs and having to really um, just restructure everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, um, being able to just catch up on other things that I really didn't have time to do before. So like finishing a load of like audio books and reading a lot and yeah. uh, trying to be more mindful than I have been uh, pre-lockdown. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird kind of, um, I'm doing this with my hands. I can't think. It's a weird like she <laughs> saw of emotions. Yeah. 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 I can relate uh, to that. Definitely. Okay. At the moment, I'm okay. How How are you both? How have you Have you found it? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, a mixture of things for me, really. What about you, Jay? Sorry, you have cut you off. I would echo that. I think it, it is. See, I think a seesaw is a brilliant an- analogy because it hasn't quite been the roller coaster, but you know, it has been a seesaw. It's up and down, um, mm-hmm. both like personally and professionally, um, but then. Um, and I think that's okay. It's all right that it some days are better than others. This is a really unusual and prolonged, stressful time for everybody, but in different ways. And you know, yeah. it's fine however you choose to or cope with it. And um, but then there are certain kind of um, golden moments and opportunities. You know, for first of you know, I've never braided my own hair before, but needs must, and I did. And although it's great, <laughs> it, was, it was all right. <laughs> I'll leave my house. Um, uh, you know, yeah. cycling to work. Like I last was on a bike when I was 40. It's just so many different things that I didn't expect. But then it's the weirdness of not being able to see my friends and family, especially my family. Yeah. I really want to see them occasionally seen stuff in the supermarket which has been like a, a rare treat but yeah, um, I just want to you know be able to like hug my family not just yeah see yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird one but like now I get from this is like everyone's got this inner strength like I suppose that we didn't really know that we had because we didn't need to actually dig that deep at times and like you say when you don't see when you're forced not to be able to do the norm like hug your friends or just have a bit of respite by going to sit in someone's house coffee tea a bit of event and just be yourselves it causes you to really dig deep in some areas that, and you know I, you know I, I, people who know me will say that she's a quite a confident person but there are aspects of my personality whereby there's weaknesses there as with everybody and I think lockdown has made me kind of soul search you know dig deep you know, communicate better, more effectively over the phone rather than text messages, which is my normal go-to. And hopes that you said there are some shining lights, lights um, in the, in this experience. But like you say, I am I'm quite looking forward to 
the norm in, in, in the respect of actually being able to hug and speak to people and not stay one metre away, etc. But yeah, mm-hmm. long way of <laughs> long way of saying I agree with you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a weird one, but we we crack on, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. you've been really encouraging in like your content and uplifting as well and seeing like your um insta live mixes and things and like you know using your talent to still be able to reach your audience but in a different way I mean have you done insta lives before um this kind of time um no not really like it might have been um the odd kind of random pick or uh, to be honest it kind of depended if if the venue had wi-fi or not uh, <laughs> then I'd be like can I like quickly do a thing and then get back to it I'm normally so way more engaged with um, yeah. the, the performance the mix whatever you want to call it to not even think about it it's just like I'm here doing this and then if I have a moment to kind of go oh all right I'll quickly do a quick quick thing um, yeah whereas yeah. obviously now it's like it's very much in the reverse so you've got to get your camera set up and you know, make sure there's enough light, enough light in the room and all of that stuff. And it's weird, like, being like, I'm DJing to the people that are watching, but they're not in the room with me. Yeah. So, um, it's, it must it's be strange. Because yeah, you, you won't get that feedback, I guess. Yeah, the vibe is the room yeah. normally, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very much a call and response. So, yeah. that's that it's there's none it's, there's no like interaction like even even here now being on te- yeah on the phone to you both this is great but like I want to be in a room talking to you guys like yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, you know what I mean there's little nuances of like body language and stuff that like you kind of especially when you're kind of DJing that it helps you to figure out what to play next like yeah. I don't really plan it's kind of like cool they're liking this vibe so maybe I might chuck in something similar to this and then yeah. you know see how they react but making now they're going much- out man I've not thought about going out for ages <laughs> and now you're making me miss going out that vibe is so important isn't it yeah it is it's a real community of, uh it's a community thing so you know yeah. to, to strip that away and be like cool so you're going to be playing to a camera and mm-hmm you may or may not know how many people are watching so you're just going to do that that's yeah that's really odd to me and some people have been able to like get on it and smash it and which is really great like you know um, a lot of my friends have been just doing live streams really regularly which is great um for me um like and I say this since I do have an I I am doing the live stream gig like next uh, tomorrow but um so, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about that in a bit but like yeah, it's kind of like with that it's like I guess uh, how can I put it because I've done some the mm-hmm. first few that I did I was really like oh my god who's watching and just my anxiety level shot up um and it took a while for me to adjust to that um but you know, with this one tomorrow, it's like, no, nah, yeah, okay, I can do that. Um, yeah, good. I'll, I'll play, play my tunes and be like, cool, I'm having a party, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's all, all of the seesaws, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got this, well, you know that we have done our research and we love and we've followed you for quite a while now, but just for the um, for the listeners, can you tell us a little bit more about Nicole, like where were you born? How did you get involved and how did you know that this was your calling? Because this is definitely your calling. You can tell with the passion and the, the, the content you put out. But how did you get there? Oh, bloody yeah, that's a big question. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm from I'm from London originally, as you, you can tell from my incredibly thick Yorkshire accent. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, so um, from London, North London specifically, you know, grew up around music. My mum, my mum's record collection is mad. What was her genre? Yeah. What, what did she like to listen to? So um, mostly, mostly uh, lovers rock, but um, there would be some like people like Omar and like nice. Neo Soul kind of heavyweights in there as well. Um, and, and like I like did music lessons at school. 
did some singing lessons and stuff. So I was always around music and then kind of started to take it more seriously in college. Then, yeah, studied music tech at college then music in uni when I went to Leicester for that. Initially, I started off as a producer more than anything. So I would make beats and be like, I made a beat. (laughs) 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 And then be like, cool, no one's going to hear it. Yeah. And then then that's it. As I I got older and more confident, I would put it on SoundCloud and be like, I made a thing, lol. And then just go back to like roller skating in the park or something. And then... um, Slowly but surely, people would be like, yo, that's dope. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of, um, you know, building my confidence there. And then it was only in in, uh, in Leicester, I think, at some point, maybe in my second year, when um, I was working in a bar and um, I kind of had been dabbling with DJing a little bit then. Um, and the guys that were running the kind of themed night, it was like a Friday night hip-hop uh kind of breaks and all that kind of stuff i kind of i went up to them and, and was like um can i play one day and they were like yeah yeah, yeah sure all right sick so booked the night oh, off nice. went and they did like a ladies night thing which was quite jokes and it was me uh another dj who's who's a woman and dan it was going to be us all night and we'd have to have like an hour each as the night went on right and um basically <laughs> What happened was one of the other DJs, um, the 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 other lady got too drunk, and she no. was okay. Brilliant. No, she I mean, I'm not saying her name because she she's lovely. Don't get me wrong, but like on that particular night, she got lit, and it was like, all right, um, so it's gonna be a back to back then with me and Dan all night. Cool, cool, cool. And then yeah, I was able to kind of keep up with him, and then he was like, cool. Do you want to just join our uh collective then I was like oh, all right that is amazing how sick that um, no, yeah, mad. <laughs> you have your name did you have your dj name or did you at that point so at that point um i was going under my producer name i didn't really think of like like knickknack was actually an old nickname a mate of mine gave and it was like okay well my producer name was sin sam at the time mm-hmm. but then people kept calling me knickknack and then they're like, who's Knickknack? Oh, sorry, no, who's Simsam? And I'm like, no, that's me. What? I was like, all right, do you know what? Allow it. Okay, cool. So my DJ name is Knickknack now. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> people are getting confused. Let's just have it as the one thing. All right, sick. And then, um, yeah, and then I think in third year, um, uh, basically, I bought a turntable off of my mate and I found another one in my mum's shed, which is quite jokes. And <laughs> your mum's we, cool, man. Yeah, really cool. She's too she, cool, she, right? I, cannot, I cannot wait to give her the biggest hug I can possibly give. Like, oh. she's, she, she's everything. Uh, and like, <laughs> so there was a point where, like, the, the kind of collective I was in, everybody could scratch. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. What is that? And then, um, then yeah, I randomly kind of, I would just watch them. And then I've got a few lessons off of my mate as well. And then just slowly started to, again, get more confident with doing that and finding my own way mm-hmm. of, of just making weird noises during a set. And then um, that just went from there as well. It's a bit, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it all just went from there. I don't know how to kind of really <laughs> uh, other than that. Is the DJ world, like you so said, we mentioned collective and you, 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 you picked up extra skills from there but is it do you find it very encouraging or supportive or is it quite um misogynistic you know you mentioned that the first night was like a ladies night you named a ladies night I mean what I don't see the need to make it to even call it that for example or um I just asked because a, a, a while ago um when just helped purchasing some equipment for my brother from a, a shop locally going in there felt really like you have to take a deep almost like I was going into a barbershop you know like a, a male grooming barbershop it just seemed so male dominated yeah 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 well um I'd say that like in in I can only talk from my experience you know the people that I've come across who have kind of you know let me join their collectives and whatever they've all been really supportive irrespective of you know, some of them were mainly guys. Some of them have been mainly women and other other genders too. So um, there's been a real um, mishmash. 
for everyone I've personally encountered has been really supportive. Um, and that's great, but more work needs to be done. So, for example, like, yeah, you say with the ladies' night stuff, that is quite frustrating. And, um, you know, I will often be tagged in a post saying, oh, I have, I needed, I need a female DJ that can play hip hop. And it's like, well, no, you need a DJ that can play hip hop. Like, yeah, good girl. My, gen- my gender doesn't, I mean, I'm happy to do the gig, like, you know, depending on schedules and that, but you're looking for a DJ that can play hip hop. Like, my, mm. my gender doesn't come. And, you know, whenever I run nights as well, I will say, like, these are the DJs. I won't say, like, oh, this is a female only event. It's, mm. you don't have to do that. And I think when, mm. when more people, but realizing that you don't have to kind of put onus on the gender or you know the because you'll never you'll never see like somebody going this this is a night for um djs we all have penises come down uh, <laughs> you know, they, they may or may not be erect behind the decks but come down anyway like you know it's all cool. you'll you will never see that uh, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'll get my free drinks. Wait, wait, no, but like you won't, you won't see that. So why, do you know what I mean? Like why is there yeah. a split when it comes to women and other, and other gender, um, and other genders? So it's like, well, if I'm able to put on nights and people come to them and have a good time and want more nights and I've still been able to go, this DJ, she's able to do this, that and the other and she's smashing it without any kind of like blatant, hey, this is a female event. Then, you know, I think, um, and I think more kind of collectives and stuff are starting to do that and be like, these are the DJs come through, yeah. um, which is important. But I think there's more work needs to be done for that, I reckon. No, I definitely totally agree. I never actually thought, saw it as that, to be fair. That, you know, when you kind of, I'm that type of person that sometimes, unless I like have conversations like this, I, 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 I'm not intentional about noticing stuff like that. But you're right. When I look back at a certain gigs and nights, and you know, I love going out. I love a good party. Whenever there has been a female DJ, that has always been the the big strapline as to why the big push behind that person being on a on a on an agenda or on a, um associated with a specific uh, gig. Which in essence, it shouldn't be that. It should be the talent. It should be their portfolio, and that should be should be it. So yeah, that's actually a really good lesson to. Right now, actually, now it's really cool. So you've mentioned your mum. Would yes. you say she's been key in terms of influencing your music taste and style? Because I know you've got such an eclectic taste. So how would you, who would you describe as being massive influences in terms of your style of music and your taste? Mum is definitely one of those people. Like, they'd be oftentimes, like, finishing school, watching Top of the Pops and not mm. feeling like, oh, you know, Foo Fighters are on. I like Foo Fighters. And mom's like, yeah, that's all right. Like, do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. not, there's no kind of, there's no weird, like, no, you can't watch that. Like, so there were like um, toxic family members that would say, you can't listen to this, that, and the other, because that's not, that's not our music. But then yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. But it's like, well, I mean, like if we take rock as an example, um, that came from Sister Rosetta Sharp. That came from Little Richard. So it technically mm-hmm. is on. So why can't I listen to it? Like that's, um, that's rubbish um so you know there's 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 you know my my mum is one of those people that's like look if if it connects with me in some kind of a way then come through like you know mm-hmm. like you, there were times when we 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 would get gassed over limp biscuit or something like what These <laughs> are like, i used to love limp biscuit like, we'd get we'd get gassed off that <laughs> and it's like, ah, i love limp biscuit girl yes yeah, I mean, they looked at horribly now, but I mean, I guess Fred Durst is a bit is is trash from what I've seen. I don't know, but like back in the day, yeah, yeah, day, it's right. yeah, it's just like come through and rolling, rolling. You know, we'd be like out there doing the dancing and everything. Like, yeah, 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 come through. Um, <laughs> You're not alone. I remember coming in from school or something, and Steph was doing it with our mum, like doing teaching to my mum. I absolutely loved it. The video was amazing. Oh, it was just so good. That's when music videos had a little bit of cheese. Like it was kind of like you don't need to have like your uh, background dancers like dressed the same as you with the red beanie and doing the the dance move. But yet you're doing that, and it's kind of cheesy, but we'll allow it because we will allow it. We will allow it. (laughs) Like just 
Okay, okay then. Um, <laughs> uh, and then other influences, I guess, like um, my friends as well. Like they've um, often shown me people that I've not seen. Um, like I'll come across somebody, or they'll show me somebody, and it takes one song for me to then just dive into everything else they've done. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like I, I'm effectively a sponge, so it's like okay, cool. Who is this? Give me all of the stuff, and and um, you know that's probably part of the reason why like people come to my gigs and stuff because I'm able to find a song that you probably wouldn't clock with that person. It's like yeah, they did this as well. Like what? So yeah, um, yeah. I, it's it's always hard to answer that kind of question because there's so many people that have influenced me. I can't really go like this is my top five like it changes very often too yeah. um but mum is definitely in there and and my friends too yeah is there a certain type of gig that you prefer to do and what I mean is you know like certain nights or is it different to DJing at a certain night that you're putting on or part of compared to like a, a festival say like I, I don't know if, or is, is it quite similar I guess when it's that's another interesting question like when it's um a festival or a like you've been booked to play this or you know support this person then um I start to think more in terms of okay if we take the Moses Boyd gig I did then it's like okay cool amazing drummer amazing artist Mm -hmm. a lot of influences as and Caribbean music African music okay I've got a bubble of, of of ideas to work with just on that front. Like with similar thing when, uh, with like Princess Noki or a Madlib, it's like, okay, cool. I already have an idea, if I don't know already, what kind of music they do. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got the bubble to work with and I've got like, say, an hour or 45 minutes or so to play with that and, you know, do, do my thing in that time frame. When it's my own gigs, um, then that's when I can be a bit, cheekier I guess and yeah. just be like okay yeah I'm running it and you know it I'm, I, I will more than often take the very first set because I want the other DJs to play to a crowd um right. like it's not it's not about I mean I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like yeah yeah, yeah come see me because I'm I'm sick and whatever like it's just like if you if you're free and you want to come then come in it like you do mm-hmm. you but when I'm running a night, it's like, no, I want people to come here to see the DJs because they're sick and you're going to see why. So I take a step back, I guess, in terms of what I'm thinking of when it comes to me doing a set at my own event because it's not about me. Um, and then when it is like, oh, I've been booked to support somebody, right, then I'm a bit more calculated, I guess. That, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds mean, like, oh, I'm a calculator. Like, <laughs> like, if, if the artists of a certain genre, then you know that the people that have come to watch them are into a certain type of music or types of music. So it yeah. makes sense to go with it's that. Plans. Yeah. Because you're, you're sort of like hyping them up for that artist, aren't you, really? So, yeah, if you play something polar opposite, you put, people might not vibe off that. So, yeah, it does make sense to. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> like to consider who your audience is and for what you know what the gig is yeah yeah I listen to a lot of different stuff too and I'm I'm always open to more weird and wonderful styles of music so you know uh I might I might drop in something that you wouldn't have expected to hear before mm. seeing I don't know uh Princess Nokia or something just to be like yeah I'm gonna chuck this in why not um and then you know, before you know it, you're going to be seeing her anyway. But if I've managed to yeah. put you in a good mood and like you're you're hyped, like even more than when you first walked in the room, then yeah. shit, I've you know, it's, and you know, again, it's that audience communication, like people going, yeah, it's like okay, cool, so more of this then, or yeah. I might throw in a ball. okay, cool, and then carry on. It's it's I see myself as a, as a scientist. <laughs> it's such a cool job it really is because the amount of gigs that I've gone to where I've been absolutely dripping with sweat before the main artist has even turned up that's down to people like you that really vibe off the audience that get that you've done your planning and you've done your prepping you've done that like you say that kind of bubble I've never heard that process before but that bubble so you've already kind of 
like you say, calculated the science behind what the recipe sets in it. It makes sense because you hype up the hot, the, you set the bar for the rest of that gig. So yeah, kudos, snap, click. And even not the like, like, just <laughs> a good DJ, like a make or break a night, I think personally. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's a really important job you have. And yeah. I'll just clamoring, you know, after family, friends it's wanting to go out and, and you know enjoy life with with people and to so yeah I'm sure that once things start to open up you're going to be inundated you've mentioned a few people that you've supported and mm -hmm. a really impressive list of artists you've um, um, kind of supported but I just wonder like so, so like Grandmaster Flash twice it says on your website the Carla Lady Lashure to make meet name but <laughs> supported a lot of people and I'm very blessed to have been able to support a lot of people some people I've not I haven't been able to meet just because like they might get to the venue only in time for their set before going off to do some other stuff which is fair um, but yeah the most impressionable Ooh. Ah, I reckon hmm, that that would probably be between Grandmaster Slash and Mad Lib Oh, tell us why. Exclusive, exclusive. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, <clears throat> they're both, um, they're both, like, you, you, you would think, like, okay, so Madlib, for example, like, he's one of the producers, like, he's, he's worked with Jay Diller, he's worked with basically everybody, he's working mm. with Freddie Gibbs, he's, like, so, like, influential and I've been a, a big fan of his for a long time right. mm -hmm. so the fact that the people putting on the night were like yeah we want you to play like what okay yeah, how amazing that's great that, that blew my mind in the first place like what okay um and then actually like I'll, I'll never forget so when I when I when I did my set um uh his his kind of his, his mate is called Egon and he often DJs, you know, with, with Madlib whenever they tour. And, um, like I finished my set, Egon came on the mic and was like, give it up for Nick Nat. That was a mad set, whatever. And I'm just saying like, what are you talking? Wow. Like, I lost, like, I don't know if I can swear on this, on this podcast, but I was just like, I, I, I lost my head. Um, <laughs> and like, just like, what is going on? And, you know, there was really big, like, really big sweet cheers from the crowd just like ah what is going on and then came off stage and then while Egon was doing his his set Madlib was like yeah that was that was oh that was my god and I'm like what you're you're freaking what are you talking about what are you talking about and he's like no that was really good man yeah, yeah that was great and then there was a guy there was a really good friend of mine, D-Man, um, who's who's lead bass and a lovely guy he was DJing right at the start of the night and he is like the biggest Mad Lib fan. He even bought a record for him to sign. And oh, cute. He did it. And that's the thing. We kind of when we kind of there are times when we think, oh no, I can't go up to him, like and you know, say mm. hi and no 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 no, I can't do that. But he was so he was so lovely. He was just like, Yeah, man, no worries, I'll sign it. You got a pen? Have we got a pen? We have a pen and just like sign the sign the um record for D man. And then we even got a picture together and it was just even oh, wow. it's like, like the body language, like Madlib was in the middle of us and he had a and he had like his arms around us both and was oh, like, Yeah. Like, oh, you're so cool. Yes. Yeah, um and it was you know, you just pick up vibes from people, like yeah. you're yeah. you're like not only do I respect you like so much as an artist, but yeah. like you're actually like a genuinely lovely guy who just loves what he does. Mm. And similar thing with uh, with Grandmaster Flash. So the first time I supported him, I was already like just like quaking in my boots and just like what? <laughs> um, I remember walking into Belgrave like, oh my god, this is ah! And then just, <laughs> like, 
quote it down and walk like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then um, I go into Belgrave and start setting up, and then he actually shouts like, oh, hey, knickknack. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Who's his name? What? And then he's, he's like, yeah, come up here, come up here. So I go on stage with him, and he's like, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I'm like, dude, you're the guy. Like, you're literally the guy. You're literally the guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's really, it's really, really nice to meet you. Um, and then he asked me about, like, why I do what I do. And, um, oh, my God. Him. We have a really beautiful conversation about music. And he's like, cool. Well, uh, I've got to go get set up. Um, I'm doing a really rubbish American accent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get set up, uh, but like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk in a little bit. I'm like, okay, cool. And I just come off stage like, what is happening? And I'll go and set up. And then um, he comes over to me and he's like, right. And we need to check to make sure that none of the songs that you're playing, Nick, um, is in my set, just, just to be doubly sure. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. But then he actually touches my laptop and he's yeah. like, scroll. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying so hard not to just like start screaming in his in his ear, like, <laughs> like who again? Who does this? But like he's he's like going through, he's going through my library and he's like, oh man, you got this tune, you got this tune, what? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing! What a memory! It was mad. And then he's and then um, he goes he goes. Uh, you are too young to have these tunes. You're too young to have these bangers. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then, yeah, it just turned out that like I I had like maybe one or two, again like like the bubble. It was kind of like there's one or two songs that um I was going to play, but he was like, no, they're in my set. So if you maybe maybe don't play those, I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. And I was still able to do like the full set, and it was cool. Um nice. and yeah, afterwards he was like. That was an amazing set. Like that was. Ah, that is and such yeah, a compliment the, from Switch King. Yes. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, you know what? If we're if we're back in Leeds, we hope you can support us again as well." I was like, "Holy, sh- um, holy crap!" Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, amazing. And behold, I did it again, and he remembered me, and it was like, "What?" That's so, sick, man. That's yeah, sick. I those two. Yeah. And like, if you meet such people that you admire anyway from the kind of mm. point but that's as you say that they're actually genuinely nice people who share your passion for music as well that's uh, yeah. yeah wow amazing amazing yeah it's been it's been mad <laughs> like it, it's been so mad and then I guess in a slightly similar context there's been a group called Seed Ensemble who are like a British they've been kind of put under the umbrella of jazz um but they, they they have loads of influences from from loads of different um people and genres and stuff so people tend to put them in the jazz bracket and just i remember walking into the green room and seeing them all just sitting around talking about stuff and eventually taking the courage to um put myself into the conversation too and join in and it was great like just i thought really like ah, i listened to your music but uh, what? But it was that was that was on a more like localized level, I guess, because it was like, cool. Um, I'm talking to people who are from London. I'm also yeah. from London, and I think I, I I think I'm right in assuming that we're all like similar ages, more or less. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm 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 heavily influenced by some jazz as well as other other styles of music as they are. So mm-hmm. it didn't take me long to feel confident enough to then you know start putting my input into the conversation and then yeah like it just ended up I just felt very much like this is cool I don't feel particularly nervous or kind of yeah. like um I don't know apprehensive about joining in with this conversation with artists because we have a lot of common common uh common ground here so yeah is, is that, that seed that was... ensemble is it with a, is there a front um is there a front person a lady called Cassie yeah Cassie Kenoshi yeah yeah, she's amazing. We've posted about her. We have. We've done a post. Yeah. Actually, she, well, haven't met her, but what they've accomplished as well. Like you said, they have been kind of put in a, in, a, in the, the jazz sector, in essence, they've 
so multifaceted, to be honest, from what I gather anyway. But yeah, they're amazing. It's good to hear it when you when you see good people that they're decent people outside as well. Like yeah. you normally just kind of think, oh, I hope they're nice people. I hope they've just got us normal. But yeah, it's good to know that you've obviously met them and that they are pretty cool people as well. Nice. Yeah, we've we've kept in touch as well since that since that gig. Um, and and you know, I'll often just like we've had the the odd conversation on Instagram and Twitter and um it's just nice it's like I don't I see her I see her and the work that she does seen ensemble with Kokoroko and everything like Naraya I see all of her projects and her like is like really really powerful stuff without it feeling like um oh I can't talk to you like it's very much like you you are sound like sweat out she she is so lovely and like she's so bubbly and just like charismatic but there is no kind of weird like oh I, I can't talk to you you know like I can't yeah. like I can't interact with you just on a on a on a like on a level even if it's just a quick like emoji via via Instagram or whatever a reaction to your story like I can't do you know what I mean there is no there's yeah. none of that it's like cool you did a cool thing today I will share I will you know send my reaction to it yeah, and she'll yeah, often yeah. like back and kind of it's those oh, moments where it's like I love that yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a human being that's on a level as opposed to some people that are just like no you can't talk to me unless you email my manager and stuff yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i get yeah fair but sounds like just cool a little people. yeah so yeah i've been blessed our next question is a slight departure from the world of music because on your website you mentioned that you're a comic book enthusiast and now we're not <laughs> pretend that we know much about <laughs> Um, our brother Kofi Smells is actually the resident expert of, of this in our family, um, and he would call an expert um, <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. But um, what we just wanted to know, like, what's your favourite comic, and how did you get into that form of media? Firstly, me and Kofi need to have a conversation because I yeah. was not aware that he, he is a big um, uh, comic book head. So we need to have yeah. a conversation at some point and you know, battle it out. <laughs> Yes, challenge, go for it, get this sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Battle it out respectfully. Like, I'm not able to, like, destroy him. That probably, that probably will happen. Um, Kate, if you're hearing. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's not <enough> here. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, so growing up, um, there was a channel called um fox kids and mm-hmm. i remember watching like the animated spider-man animated uh iron man uh fantastic four hulk just that as well as like dexter's lab and everything else like but, oh, dexter's, oh, dexter's lab oh <laughs> dexter's lab powerpuff girls, Powerpuff girls yes <laughs> like classics like people people that they, they don't they, they don't know man <laughs> they don't know you tell them tell them <laughs> Trust, they, they don't know the classics that were yeah. out um uh, back in the day uh but like there was one show in particular that really well and, and the batman animated series as well that because that is legendary but um it was the x-men x-men animated series Again, I'm trying really hard not to swear, but that that <laughs> that just banged. I don't care. Like from the theme song to the animation style to like how dramatic they made Storm. Storm is my favorite character. Yeah. With her like, yeah, man. Like just like, what are you doing? I am Storm, and I control the thunder and all this. And I'm just like, what? You're just so yes. Uh, it's just yeah. Like I I started collecting comics when I was maybe thirteen. Uh, 12 or 13 um mm-hmm. but i've got easily over like 500 right now um, really yeah e- easily over 500 um and i've got a storm tattoo like i'm i'm like i am nice. i am i am i am calmly obsessed with her and <laughs> um, <laughs> like any any comic-con that i go to like i go to the one in, in leicester like more often i've not been to thought bubble yet but i'd often go to the one in leicester and be like right what storm comics like what one-shot comics have you got what storm like memorabilia anything like that what have you got and can my wallet stretch 
to afford such things. <laughs> and yeah, so I've got like little little figurines of her and stuff. And uh, I just, yeah, she, she is my favourite. Um, but there are other comic book heroes that are also like dope as well. But um, Storm's the one for me. What about you? Well, we're not much. To be fair, I've been to see the films. But I'm not, like, like Koku will tell you, like, it's not annoying having conversations about Marvel or comics with people like myself because he knows so much and there's so many layers to the things that he knows that it's frustrating talking to me about stuff that have got so much complexities in them. I will say that I enjoy the films. And um, I will say that if I wanted to do... The only thing that I sometimes get a little bit kind of head scratch on, but again, I've got my own things that I love, is that, that he will buy maybe a couple of the same versions of, of, of a character or something, just because there's a new edition of, and it's exactly the same character, and I just don't get that. Or he'll buy a bobblehead of something that is exactly the same as something that he's already got. But that, as he explains it, this is a fan. This is somebody who is completely invested in Marvel or within comics, and he's done it from such a young age, and like you say, just to like sometimes I'll go into his, his room and there's like hundreds of comics pristine in the in the plastic packages, and I'm like, are you enjoying them though? Because they're just in plastic packages, and, he's, and the frustration <laughs> that comes from him trying to explain and articulate the enjoyment they get from actually having them just there, and he, he has read them, but it's just knowing that they're just there. I'm like, do you know what? You do you, babe. It makes you happy. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't... I, I can't say that I read comics as such, and I don't think you do, Steph, but um, I have, through kind of osmosis, got a kind of healthy respect and um, for them. And that was going to be another question. What do you think about them being adapted into movies? Because watching a movie is not the same as enjoying a graphic novel. And, like, um, I'd, I've actually started to learn... Because Kofi... At uni, his dissertation was on graphic novels as a legitimate form of um, uh, literature, and um, I, proofed, I, I was he asked me to proofread it, and I, I learned so much just because yeah. I didn't like that. So, um, so I, I I think Storm for me was the first kind of black comic book character I became aware of. So you know, um, so she's like iconic for that reason. But then I think. Um, more recently, and I know Black Panther's been around for years, but oh, yeah, I guess our kind of appreciation of comics has come through film, really. So I don't know if that's a legitimate way, but then like the Black Panther movie for me, to me, that's the kind of coming to America. Oh my god! Yeah. Just when I when we came out of Black Panther, my twice. god! I never watched movies twice, and I said yeah. then like um, Kofi bought me the Shuri magazine. Um, mm book and I've got a Shuri bobblehead so that's my that's my tiny that's all part of it like I'd say like from 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 okay from what you said like Kofi is like hardcore yeah and I'm not as hardcore as that I'm like I have some comics that are in like pristine things and other ones that are just like over the years is just like they've been aged but it's like yeah but I started off with these so I don't yeah. really I'm I'm not as upset about it so I'm like maybe a, a few tears down from where Kofi is but that's fair enough um but like I will never be the kind of fan that's like oh, you don't know that about this character and then kind of <laughs> like that's just that that vibe is stupid like I don't yeah man <laughs> but um going with the question of like the kind of film adaptation of comics I think it's a really good idea. I feel like not everyone, because I know that like I'm I'm dyslexic, so comic books have been really good for me to really like put the imagery with what's happening, like plot wise mm-hmm. and stuff, and then kind of you know I'll make up my own voices and kind of you know try and act it out in my head as I'm reading it. But having yeah. it be played on film, um, and when it's done well, when yeah. it's done well, it can be like super dope. Black Panther is a really good example. So I'm all for it. I mean, the only when only when I'm kind of like irked is when they mess up a character. So Storm sadly is one of those characters that has been like royally messed up, like in the in the films, and it vexes me. <laughs> and it's like, like, in what way? I mean, okay, in what way? Right. <laughs> um, Talk to me. Educate me. 
Okay, so, and this is no disrespect to Halle Berry. She, she's a great uh, actress. Um, you know, she, 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 does, she does a bit. But first and foremost, um, the issue of colorism comes in. So in the comics, mm-hmm. Storm is a dark-skinned woman, but yet in the film, she's, she's a lighter-skinned woman, hence Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. And later on, Alexandra Ship, who plays a, like the younger version. And it's like, yeah, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> like, you, if you want Storm, yeah. get Storm. Like, a dark-skinned woman with white hair and who is a badass. You don't, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't soften that. But I feel like, for some reason, Hollywood have felt the need to soften Black um, representation in films um, to have it be mainly white-skinned people. And then when, um, when it's like, the darker skinned people, then it's a different portrayal and it's weird and stupid. That's a whole other conversation. But first of all, so when, whenever it is that we see X-Men coming back into the films, because Marvel now own them again, I right. really hope have, I really hope they have a dark skinned actress play her. Like, you know what I do as well? I didn't realise that was, um, I didn't realise that she was dark skinned in the uh, original comics, but yeah, absolutely. Like stay true to the, to the, the origins, right? Surely. Yeah, yeah, like, so she, she's originally from Kenya. And that's not as if to say there aren't any, you know, lighter-skinned Black people in Kenya, because I've, I've not, I've never been, but I, I would assume there are. But from day dot, from her very first appearance in the comics, she was a dark-skinned woman. So right. I'm through with that. And then second thing, <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time. Uh, second thing <laughs> is that... Her the the display of her powers in the films have been consistently weak. Like right. she like people need to understand. I don't, I feel like maybe I should just like you know do a, a YouTube video where I just like rant and rave about this. But <laughs> people need to understand that like Storm is such a badass. Like yeah, she, like from from the comics to the TV series, she is a full on like she's a warrior. She was worshipped as a as a as a literal weather goddess. Yeah. Um, like you know, there there might be droughts in her village. She would like, you know, activate her powers and then make it rain, and then you know, like fully sort out the drought and stuff. She is powerful. So mm-hmm. for the, the most, the coolest thing that she ever did was in um, X Men Two when she made basically like the the plane that they have, the um, the Blackbird jet that they have. They're getting chased by some like um, U.S. pilots and storm makes tornadoes come out of the sky to like trap them the people chasing them that was cool but mm-hmm. that's the only cool thing she ever did in what five movies yeah or five the movies. frustration yeah that's not cool yeah and it's like are you dumb like she's like so <laughs> like, what i would oh man like we we'd have to do like another episode of this where i go <laughs> Or like, we, have- on we can both like reel off all of these like reasons like what are you doing fam like nah she's gonna you be will- like you <laughs> <laughs> need to be the advisor on the show specifically for storm you know to keep yes man yeah yes. um, i'll stop there for, stop. For, for, stop there. Pick it up. Yeah, it's, it's quite frustrating but i'm hoping like i say that when she gets introduced into the marvel universe when they kind of do everything again mm-hmm. um and i'm hoping that the representation will be a lot better like they've they did black panther so they have no excuse now yeah, yeah man and what a film that was yeah so every, every single podcast we do ask our fabulous guests one um key question which is what we call the melanin magic question which is what are your hopes and dreams for black british culture within the next five to ten years and if you've got any insights on how we were going to get there drop that in as well so it's a bit of a deep question, but I'm sure Nick Knack will deliver. <laughs> uh, no pressure then. Okay. No pressure, babe. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I, I mean, okay, I reckon, I reckon a few things. I reckon there will be more balanced representation of, of UK black culture in uh, radio, TV, film, like the papers, books. And I think it's, it's happening. And I'm hoping that it won't take, you know, negative things happening in the UK and the US to black people, for people to actually go, oh, I should maybe read this book or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's naturally 
it's naturally happening and I say that and that includes like in schools I say that it it you know it, it's naturally happening the representation trickles down from big media stuff and artists and everything to the the staff in the schools the the curriculum that's being taught and also like just the different roles people may play within a company it's you know you, you know having black CEOs and more black businesses popping up and doing really well and that getting covered in the press and just a more more of a balance because I'm getting really tired of seeing how people are just like yeah oh I've, I've seen Top Boy so I know about black culture yeah, yeah man you know Top Boy's good and all kid adulthood is good and all but that's not that that isn't it like that's mm-hmm. not that is one that's one aspect but there's so much more to it. Like not everyone grows up and ends up being like those characters. So how about we show more stories that, sh- that diversify? Like Insecure is a really good example. Like why not have a British version of Insecure? Yeah. Um, and there's been like, you know, there's Chewing Gum and there's another show yeah. out. Is it her name? Michelle, is it Michelle Cole? Is that her name? Uh, I think Michaela Cole yeah 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 she's great yeah so and she's doing another show at the moment which is doing really well so I think just showing the black narrative the the UK the British black narrative as something more than just people growing up on an estate and falling into the gangs and stuff because that's not that doesn't represent everybody and I think that's unfair to assume that and I guess the other thing I think there's a few things but the other kind of biggie for this question would be like people just acknowledging that black music is bigger than the cultures that you immediately assume people make. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Because it, it, it's, I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, wait, why is it that you're assuming that I play this as a DJ? Mind, mm. not, you know, so um, Moses Sumney, who's an incredible artist, um, he posted a tweet um, a few months ago about how he's sick and tired of people just assuming that he makes soul music or whatever just because he's black and it's like I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing hard but like that, that really stuck with me because it's true like we make a whole bunch of stuff we make so much music culture art everything we make we make we basically make everything and yet Constantly, we're just being prescribed the, the genres of R&B, hip-hop, rhyme, uh, soul, and then maybe a few others. And it's like, well, you can be um, a singer, an artist, just out here doing your bits, and you may have been inspired by those genres, but that doesn't mean to say that that is all you make. Um, and I think people need to kind of respect that and start kind of undoing that kind of pressure both inside and outside of the culture as you already mentioned earlier about you know some of the musical styles that you were interested in family members some family members saying well why listen to that so why not it moves you and you like it so why not Mm. yeah why i mean i I shared there's a video i shared on uh, my my personal facebook of uh, a uh, i think it's a nigerian wedding and they're all moshing to System of a Down, and it's like amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy, like yes, like, yeah, I love that. Oh man, the scene of going Victoria, Victoria, <laughs> yes, like I was like, I swear out, I swear out, like I, if I, if I, whenever it is that this all, this all, all of this COVID business blows over and it's safe again, if I'm able to go to somewhere. I mean, and that's the thing, I will often drop like Led Zeppelin or um, mm. ACDC or wh- whoever I want into a set yeah. and it works because it's, it's a part of the story that I'm telling within that, within that set. So yeah. to be told, you can't listen to that, that's white music. Like, what are you talking? Shut up. Yeah. Like, we make, yep, like, as I said before, Sister Rosetta Sharp and Little Richard are the people that created all of that within yeah. rock, the, the bubble of rock, as it were. But you've got like, there's this it's just it, it, it does frustrate me when people you get pe- a new artist coming out just in general just like hey I made a thing and they might say this might fit into soul or my main influence is soul for as an example yeah and that's all well and good like that's your main thing okay cool but when other people then go 
oh yeah, there's there's jazz in there and there's hip hop in there and there's this there's, and there's nothing else. It's mm-hmm. just like, that's that's when it's frustrating because it's like no, you've then put your own kind of preferences like what you've heard in the artist's music yeah. onto it and mm-hmm. put it out there just to say that's what the artist said when that's not strictly true and and that's coming from somebody who's who you know people will send me stuff and if I'm able to listen to it then I will listen to it and you know but if the artist is very much like yeah you know what I make this style of music and that's me cool you mm-hmm. do you be there make it unapologetically one but like I don't want people to just immediately assign what they think other genres of black music is and are to that one person or to that one band or whatever because they can make so much more like there's there's been you know jada pinkett smith is like the head um the the voice of a of a punk band true 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 yeah do you know what i mean there's loads mm-hmm. of shit for god's sake there's friggin skin dread like come on yeah. <laughs> like, it's, and it's and it's not just rock there's um uh, uh, there's a there's a really well known and it's that's annoying I say that because his name escapes me which is bad but there's a guy who's a I think he's a cellist um, who uh, has like released albums of work there are people who operate in various genres but also make loads of wonderful stuff like Flying Lotus is an example uh, Thundercat is an example but like, you can't pin them and that's the point mm-hmm. you can't pin to just the one or two genres because they span so much mm-hmm. so I just I really wish that people um and it's even down to like you know when they get recognition so when Tyler the creator won a Grammy and he was like yes thanks but like you're putting me in the urban category and I can make so much more and have made so much more than what you deem as urban yeah so mm-hmm. how- how about you just don't do that again I'm paraphrasing but like again it's yeah he's he's a really affluent person he makes a whole bunch of stuff but yet you're mm-hmm. making him because of the skin of his skin color of his skin yeah but yet you know what Ed Sheeran can pick up a whole load of stuff at the Mobos exactly it's just it's yeah when you put it say it like that so eloquently it's so frustrating especially somebody like yourself who knows music extremely well and the industry um it is it's really frustrating to hear it from somebody like myself who in essence I just enjoy music but I never think of it from the artist's perspective being boxed in like that yeah how frustrating uh, not all I mean I say this like I say um you know not all artists feel or experience this it's just something that I've noticed yeah yeah no it's cool doing this work and and my own experiences people asking me to like curate music and saying to me oh this isn't black music and then I'm having to explain how it is and they're like oh okay and it's like well <laughs> black music is so broad you can't just expect it to be down to four or five genres because I mean within those genres there are a lot of tracks that are vast as well let's you know let's not let's not get that but mm-hmm. it's interesting like I think I remember once having to say to somebody how um like I, I did the playlist and Joss Stone was in there um I think it was her first her first single um fell in love with a boy yeah, um, I love Joss Stone which bangs that song bangs mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the guy that I was submitting the uh, playlist to asked, like, "Oh, why is um, why is Joss Stone on here? Like, it's supposed to be like a you know music of supposed to be like you know black culture and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, Joss Stone is in there because she's playing music in that she's creating a song which un- falls under the genre of neo soul, which is um, a kind of collaboration of hip hop and soul or R and B, and this is this is her take on it." what's the problem and he was like oh right okay and it's like so what do I really have to like back up yeah. everything when and you know that's like why why what come on <laughs> it's not it's not Smartness. hard and yeah and there's black there's like black indie like actual indie bands as well like there's one in New York called Black Rabbit and they make stuff similar to Tame Impala and it's like yo look yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then and that's looking across the pond. There are people here that are also doing very weird and wonderful things outside of the somewhat set, in quotation marks, set genres that people assume mm. we make. So there's, I'm, I'm going to be plugging people now, but there's like Al- Algernon Cornelius <laughs> in Manchester. There's Otis Mensah in Sheffield. Uh, there's um, Detail Rags and Nine-Eye in, in London. And you've got Lady Sanity in, in Birmingham. And like, they all make stuff, but it's, 
it's and they it's it's important that people recognize the fact that you can be influenced by genres and people and even just your own experiences mm-hmm. and create stuff that you know is faithful to that but you don't have to co-sign it to a a, a genre because yeah hey, like if you feel you need to or you want to then by all means go for it but if you don't feel really comfortable doing that that's yeah. also fine too you can just still make it put it out there and let people listen to it and take it how, as how they want it yeah. I feel like that's something that we need to teach um current artists as well as well as up and coming ones whether that's in school or in college uni whatever I feel like that's something that needs to be um like known to, to people just in general Big rain, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a rain, it's good. Those things can be interesting, and, and it's also not just for the individual, but I guess for um, record companies thinking, like, how am I going to market you? Just be open to the fact that, you know, you don't, because of, of how your appearance doesn't determine the music that you love to listen to or the music that you love to produce or put out there. So just take it for what it is and don't try and, ram people into certain um, routes if it's not not for them so yeah it's really important yeah I guess it's just having that liberty and the freedom to play and listen to whatever music you want to yeah and that that also goes in like to people within our culture too because I know that there's people that will like I said before with um sort of toxic ex people saying you can't listen to that that's that's this kind of music and you're not that kind of person when it's like well how about you let me listen to it and then I make up my own mind whether I like it or not. And then mm. we go like, yeah. you telling me what I can and can't listen to. Firstly, is out of order. Like who, sorry, like who are you? Um, and like, you can't, you can't control that. Like it's music is such, you, you, you walk out of your, your, your house and you will hear music one way or another, whether that's on your hip, on your headphones, Spotify, someone driving past, blasting some garage, whatever, like you will hear it. So, you know, to kind of like be strict on people as to what they can and can't listen to, I think is out of order. And just just let people find their own way with whether that's making music, whether it's just listening to it as a, as a consumer, you know, supporting artists that they like, whatever it is, like just having the freedom to just enjoy music in whatever way you want to and without any kind of um, stigmatism, just being like yeah I like this and I'm gonna carry on liking it and whatever I don't care cool (laughs) like there's no need for the weird just negative vibe around you can't listen to this or you can't make this or we're only going to pigeonhole you into this thing and market you this way like no you could get shocked up (laughs) yeah no I totally agree yeah Oh, thank you. Yes, that's my TED talk. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've done that, before, I'm sure, but we'll have to ask you. We'll have to bring you on another time. But thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing. And could you please remind our lovely listeners about where we can find you? And you, you mentioned you, you know, your upcoming gigs. Anything? Please, just just tell us how we can get more of you and your work. Yeah, well, um, firstly, thank you both for having me on. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised when, one, I saw that you were following me, two, that you, you know, shared, shared, you know, you did a profile spot on me as well at one point and I got gassed. And um, (laughs) my mum got Instagram and Twitter because of me and I sent it to her and she's like, what? Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, shout out to you both. You you, you guys do incredible work. Um, shout out to Kofi as well because we need to have that conversation. <laughs> um, soon come, soon come. Uh, <laughs> the things that I'm doing at the moment, um, because uh, obviously gig wise is incredibly quiet. So uh, I'd say the the best thing to do would be to to follow me on social media, not in real life, because you'll get bored. <laughs> um, and that's also kind of creepy don't do that but um, it's, <laughs> my uh, social media kind of handle tag thing whatever you call it like I, I don't I don't know what you call it but that thing is um Nick DJ music so n-i-k-n-a-k DJ music um you'll see a lot of stuff about black culture and me nerding out about storm because obviously and um <laughs> And yeah, 
main place and it's the same thing for like twitter and facebook i'm more active on instagram but it's the same thing for all of those places um and and i guess at the moment i am one of the opera north uh artists that have been selected for their residence kind of residency Um, (laughs) yeah see yeah you see it's not i don't just been friggin hip-hop and grime and that like I also do <laughs> and ambient stuff okay thank you Sorry. um but that proves that proves my point so, exactly um, <laughs> swag but uh yeah so there's I'm doing loads of different things um or you know trying to in amongst lockdown but Instagram is where I'm most active so feel free to follow me there and see how nerdy I am um about stuff uh and yeah go, go for it amazing thank you no worries well I think that is it from us today so um, a massive thank you to Nicole Nick Knack for joining us it's been an absolute honour we obviously like we've said before we feel like we've known you already but to actually get to meet you and actually get to speak to you you're part of the family now um a Kofi's out you're in Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's been amazing it's been absolutely amazing Um, so thank you so much for giving us so much of your time and obviously um sharing so much of your experience it's been awesome Thanks everybody for listening and everybody join us all next time. See you later.